You're listening to a message from Heritage Christian Fellowship in San Clemente, California. For more information, go to heritagesc.org. Uh, we are going to start a sermon series today that talk about three essential ingredients that are important in life in our Christian walk, but that are super important during this pandemic uh, season with coronavirus. Um, these three ingredients are found in Romans chapter 5, verse 3. So I want to read it here in a minute, and then I will tell you which one I'm going to talk about today, what's these key ingredients, and then we'll pray, and then I'll get right into it. So let's turn to Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. This is the English Standard Version. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So in other words... Paul is saying, you know, we've been saved by faith in Jesus, and it's by his grace that we're able to live and enjoy this newfound peace, this new relationship with God himself. But then in verse 3, that's where the three ingredients are. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Then it says in verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So the genie's out of the bottle. The three key ingredients, especially during this time, is endurance, character, and hope. This morning, I want to talk about endurance because I don't think there's ever been a time, at least in my life, where I've needed endurance to make it through and to fulfill what God has called me to do. The dictionary defines endurance as the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. How many people feel this has been a prolonged issue with the coronavirus? I think, I think this, we're starting our sixth week of home confinement, our sixth or seventh week of not being able to be together. So I definitely can, can see why the endurance is what we can relate to today. The Greek word Paul used for this was hypomi, which means endurance, steadfastness, especially as God enables the believer to remain under or endure that challenges he allots in life or God, God allows it to happen in life. So endurance is a key ingredient, especially to now, especially now, because when we're looking around and seeing our world change, this new norm, a lot of times we can get, we can just panic and freeze and like put our head in the sand and not know what to do, or we get discouraged, or we become hopeless, or some people just, just want to quit. And endurance is one of those ingredients that will help you keep going and help you not to give up. Two months ago, before all this happened, before I even heard of it, or like say six months ago, you know, endurance was an important part of life. Everybody would have agreed to that. But today, endurance seems so vital just to make it day by day. And maybe two, three years when all this blows over, endurance is still going to be one of those key ingredients that sometimes defines the difference between success and failure. Let me tell you a story about two guys 
that helps illustrate this point. In 1981, I was attending my, my brother George's high school graduation at Downey High. There was two guys in the audience that show what a difference endurance can make on the outcome of someone's future. The first guy, his name is Tim. And Tim was the one giving the valedictorian speech because he had a perfect 4.0 GPA, all A's. He had very high SAT scores. He was captain of the football team. He was kind of one of those guys all the guys looked for. He was the stud on campus. He had the most beautiful girlfriend there. And to top it all off, he, was, he got accepted into the Air Force Academy, which was his lifelong dream, which everybody in, in, in school knew. And for, his for, for that, that uh, incoming class for the Air Force Academy, it is really difficult to get in. There was over 10,000 applicants, and only 1,400 people were selected. That's only 14% of everybody who applied got accepted, and Tim was one of those. And upon graduation, everybody had their money on Tim, that he would be one of the most successful Downey High graduates ever. And then the other end of the spectrum was a guy named James. James was a nobody in high school. You know, underneath his picture in the yearbook, there was really no big, good accomplishments, no record of achievement. He, and I think it seems like he just barely graduated because high school was actually tough for him. Right before high school, when he was 13, his parents got divorced. And then tragically, his mom died when he was 16 years old. I think that would have put him either a sophomore or a junior in high school. But he did like music. And in his music, he found solace. He found an escape. So he practiced and he worked hard and he became good in music. But at graduation, he was kind of one of those no-name faces in the crowd if, if you would have taken a survey of the crowd and people would have judged, hey, what is this guy going to end up being? People would have probably thought, well, I might see him at a fast food joint in a checkout window sometime. Nobody really had their hopes on, on James. So back to Tim's story, the valedictorian. You know, he gave amazing speech, a valedictorian speech about achieving your dreams. The audience loved it. And they kind of held, held their breath to like just wonder what great things this guy's going to do. So in the fall, he did start the Air Force Academy. And when you start the Air Force Academy, the way it works is for the first two months, they have this very intense boot camp. They call it the Beast Barracks. And the schedule is also super intense. You wake up at 5 a.m. and you are busy, busy, busy up until 10 p.m. that night. And you do that for two months straight, seven days a week. Because it's so intense, about one in every five cadets drop out. So how did Tim do? Well, he dropped out after about one week. But Tim was not alone in the people who quit the Air Force Academy. Of those 1,400 people who were accepted, only a little over 900 people actually graduated. It was about 36% of his incoming class dropped out. And these were the brightest of the best who beat out the other 10,000 applicants. So in this, this Air Force Academy high dropout rate has been the topic of many studies, and people are trying to study, psychologists are trying to figure out what, how do, what's the difference between the successful graduates and the ones who drop out. I read a book recently by Angela Duckworth, it was called Grit, and she discovered after all this, she said all, um, you know, she, she studied what the key ingredient that determines if someone will make it or not. 
because they have all the best qualifications, they're all intelligent, they're all athletic. And the end of her study, she came to the conclusion, she said, the key factor between success and failure for the Air Force Academy graduates is endurance. And the book she wrote was called Grit, G-R-I-T, which was a repackaging of the word endurance. So back to James, remember the no-name guy from Downey High. His story turned out a little different. Not because he had this amazing opportunity or he had a high IQ or just this good luck, but because he had endurance. After graduating, he tinkered around in school, but he, it really wasn't his thing. He kind of bounced from job to job, but he consistently kept up his passion for music and he practiced and he got really, really good in music. And then one day he answered a newspaper ad for a music band looking for a new member. So he tried out, they accept him, and he joined the band. He became their guitarist, then he became the lead singer, and then he became their main songwriter. In time, that band won nine Grammy Awards. They had three number one nationwide hits. And as of 2018, his band sold 125 million albums worldwide. Today, he is considered one of the greatest guitarists of all time and probably one of, the, one of the greatest Downey High, one of the most famous graduates from Downey High School. His name, James Hetfield. His band, Metallica. Now, I am by no means a heavy metal fan, and I don't endorse Metallica, but I tell you this story because even in the world, some of the key ingredients between success and failure is endurance. I remember an old pastor of mine who used to have this saying, and he said, one of the most important things you can do in your Christian walk is just show up. Just show up. You, you might have heard other people say that. It's kind of a common saying. At first I thought, just show up. That sounds too simplistic. But I've come to realize that it's true. Why? Because as a Christian, you grow when you just show up. What do I mean by just showing up? Well, you just show up to church. You just show up to your community group. You just show up every morning and have that quiet time with God. You just show up for an appointment to read your Bible every day. And it sounds so simplistic, but just showing up is hard. Because in church, you're going to get hurt. In small groups, there might be a person or two who annoy you. You might have had a long night and you want to sleep in. You don't want to get up. And, and spend that time with God. But if you have endurance, it'll help you just show up. And when you just show up, you grow. So the question is, how do we get this kind of endurance? Are we born with it? Is it something we learn in life? Well, psychologists and self-help books are filled with different, different varieties. But I want to go to the Apostle Paul, because I think he answered that question very, very well. And that answer is found in the book of Colossians, the first chapter, starting in the 11th verse. So, so Paul was writing a letter to the church, in, uh, the, the, the church of Colossians, or Colossia, I think it's called, and he was just encouraging them, and he was saying, hey, I love you guys, and I'm blessing you. 
uh, blessings in the name of Jesus, and I'm praying for you. He prayed them for wisdom. And in verse 11, he did a very specific prayer, which I think we would find interesting on the topic of endurance. He said, starting in verse 11, we also pray, so Paul was praying, and I think if we want to learn how to pray, we should find heroes to how to pray. And Paul is basically telling us how or what we should pray about. He says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. So if we analyze this scripture, Paul prayed to be strengthened with God's power, which is the Holy Spirit in our lives. Whenever we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, at least when I think of that, I always go to Acts 2, and I think of tongues, signs and wonders, miracles, healings, you know, all the really fun, jazzy stuff, which we love to see, and you know, you get to see sometimes in your life. I wish we were able to see more of. But, but Paul doesn't pray for that kind of Holy Spirit power. He prays, that the Holy Spirit will give you power to endure. Why? Why? Well, because endurance is something we need every single day, especially during these days in lockdown. Because when difficulties come, we're tempted to quit, to give up, to get discouraged, to walk away. And you need endurance, almost on a daily basis these days, just to make it through. Or what about people. Sometimes we need to, we need special endurance, the Holy Spirit's power for endurance to deal with people. I like to call them prickly people. I mean, we're all prickly people. A lot of times we're like roses. We look beautiful on the outside. Some are better looking than others. And you know, you get close and they smell nice like a rose. But then if you grab hold, you get really close. What happens? You get pricked because they have thorns. Every single person on earth has thorns and can prick you. And we need endurance that gives us patience to deal with, with one another. And then we also need endurance to help us fulfill God's plan for your life. Because I believe everyone has a call of God on their life. God has a destiny for you to do. And the only way to have, make that happen, to have that fulfilled, is for you to push through the obstacles to make it happen. Because I guarantee you, in fulfilling your call or your destiny in life, you will have disappointments, you will have obstacles, you will have setbacks, and oftentimes the devil, the enemy, fights against us, fights against God's plan in our life. And without the Holy Spirit's power to give us endurance, those plans, God's plan for our life, will get thwarted. You look at all the heroes in the Bible, and we, we admire all the things that they accomplished, but it was a lot of it was done through the Holy Spirit's power of endurance in their life. Moses, Noah, David, Daniel, Peter, Paul himself, and of course Jesus, they all faced so many difficult obstacles, but through endurance, they were able to finish their race, as Paul said. And that also applies to modern day or historical figures who are considered great heroes of the Christian faith. I love reading biographies about great heroes, especially missionaries. So I want to tell you the story of Adoram Judson. And I'm just going to call him Judson because his first name is 
difficult to say. He was born in 1788 in Malden, Massachusetts. He was raised in a pastor's home as a Christian, but then he went off to university. And what often happens even today, he was talked out of his faith by a best buddy of his who was a skeptic. When this skeptic died suddenly, it really shook Judson's faith and it caused him to recommit his life back to the Lord. Soon after that, he felt the Lord call him to be a full-time missionary. Um, And then he married his sweetheart, Anne. So initially wanting to be a missionary to India, he was actually, the doors closed and he was forced to go to Burma instead. And then he, after praying, he really felt that the Lord had called him to be a full-time missionary to Burma, which is a very difficult place for Christians in the gospel. On the ship to Burma, he lost their first child in a miscarriage. But despite the horrible pain of that, of losing that baby, they kept going and they endured. When he got there, they realized that the most important thing was for them to learn the Burmese language. So for the next three years, they spent about 12 hours a day learning that language. And after three years, both Judson and Anne were fluent in Burmese. And then after five long years, they finally had their very first convert. And soon after that, though, their second son died at eight months old. Again, despite the, lo- despite the pain of losing another child, they didn't quit but they kept going. And after 10 years, Judson had translated the entire New Testament into the native language and then had a total of 18 converts. When momentum seemed to be gaining, all of a sudden war broke out between Britain and Burma and Judson was thrown into prison along with a lot of the foreigners for 17 long months. And I wonder during those lonely times in that horrible prison, if he ever thought, Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe I should quit. But he didn't. He kept going. And then after his release, he he kept going with his wife. But then tragically, his wife Anne died. And then six months after she died, their third child died too. If there was ever a time to call it quits for Judson, that was probably the time. But he didn't. He kept going. So he met another widow and he married her. Her name was Sarah, and with Sarah, he had eight children. Tragically, out of the eight children, three died, and only five made it to adulthood. And then after 10 years of being married to Sarah, she died. So to sum it up, he had two wives that died, six kids that died, but he kept going. He didn't give up because he knew he was called there. And then after Sarah, Judson married his third wife named Emily, and they had a daughter together. And then it was all said and done, after 37 years as a missionary to Burma, Judson died at 61 years old. Those 37 incredibly hard years, most people would have quit, and everybody would have understood why he quit and probably congratulated him. But Judson felt he was called by God to Burma, to be a missionary, and he would not quit, but use endurance so he can finish his race. By the time of his death, he had established 100 churches with 8,000 believers. And to this very day, Judge Judson's translation of the Bible remains the most popular version in Miramar.
If you could sum up Judson's life in one word, that word would be our topic today, endurance. Nothing came easy. Things didn't turn out the way he thought they would. His heart was broken about as many times as a man's heart could be broken. But he never gave up. And he finished the work that God called him to do. How? It was only through the power of the Holy Spirit to give him endurance. You know, thank goodness our modern life has progressed with modern medicine, technology. So we don't see all the tragedies and those type of deaths that Judson had and was more common back in those days. However, life is still hard. In fact, until Jesus comes back, life will remain hard. This COVID-19 is just another example of the many difficulties that come our way. So it makes sense why Paul prayed for endurance for the believers of his day in Colossians 1.11. Paul prayed for them to be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit just to endure. Paul did not pray that their circumstances would change or that the storms would all get quiet. No, he prayed for endurance. And you know what? Most of the time when we go through difficult circumstances, what do we do? We don't pray for endurance. We pray that, Lord, stop this storm. Do a miracle. Take it away. Or if it's a person, oftentimes we're like, Lord, get him out of here. Take care of him. Do a mafia something. Do some mafia thing on him and get rid of him. <laughs> but Paul doesn't do that. Why? Because storms are a part of life. And if all we do is pray and Lord, calm this storm, he will calm some of the storms. But oftentimes, he lets those storms blow through our life. And without endurance, we won't, we won't make it. In life, there's going to be loss, disappointment, heartache, worry, fear, sickness, tragedy. And the only way is the power of the Holy Spirit to give us endurance to make it. And then Paul goes, says something ludicrous, really. I mean, he's, he goes even farther. And let, me, let me rephrase that. I didn't mean ludicrous. I meant it could appear to be ludicrous. He, goes, he says something in Romans 5.3. Remember, that's when he talked about the three ingredients. He says endurance, character, hope. But in the beginning, he says, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that the suffering produces endurance, character, hope. He says, we rejoice in our sufferings. I mean, are you serious, Paul? Rejoicing in our sufferings? So you want me, or you're telling me, Paul, when the bottom falls out, and I don't know what end is up, I should rejoice? Or during this COVID-19 crisis, you know, I might get sick. Someone in my family might get sick. We might die. Or what about my job? Or what about the economy that could change the very fabric of our society? You want me to rejoice in that? Paul says, yes, he's serious about that. Well, why, why did Paul tell us to rejoice in our sufferings? Because the best growth usually happens when we pass through trials and tribulations. When we go through trials tribulations, heartaches, suffering, difficulties, we grow when we don't quit if we have endurance. 
Our trust in God grows, our faith in God grows, and our love for God deepens and we grow. When we endure, this allows God to complete his growth process in our lives. When difficulties come, we are forced to turn our eyes away from other things, <clears throat> other things, excuse me, and put them back on Jesus. When our world falls apart, it makes us look up and turn to God. Trials and tribulations are, God, are part of God's plan for us to grow up. It's interesting, since this quarantine started about six weeks ago, every night at 8 p.m., our alarm goes off in our family. And what we do is we stop and we pray for a swift end to this epidemic as a family. This started from my wife and in her family text, um, text group, that someone came up with that idea. So the whole family at eight o'clock, we, we stop what we're doing and we pray that God would bring a quick end to the pandemic. And I hope he answers our prayer quick. And then when we finish praying, we all text the praying hand sign just to let you know that we did it. But what if God answers our prayers and all our prayers, and this all goes away. Will we still need endurance? I think you know the answer, of course, because more difficulties are on the way. Perhaps there'll be another world crisis. This is really the second world crisis in my lifetime. I'd say first it was 9-11 and now this coronavirus. Or what about personal crises? I've had many and I know I'll have more again. A loss in our family financial loss, health loss, relationship loss. It's just part of life. Whatever it will be, though, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to give us endurance to make it through whatever life brings our way. And in addition, you will need endurance to fulfill God's plan for your life. For Adoniram Judson, he endured so much heartache and tragedy, but they still use his Bible translation today. And I wonder how many Burmese people are in heaven today because of him, because he endured. What is God asking you to endure today? You know, we're complaining a lot. I'm guilty of it too. But God's asking us to endure, to fulfill his plan, his call in our life. And one day when we get to heaven, I know what's going to happen. You know, I want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. And you know what? When I hear that, I'm going to be so glad that I look back and I thought, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the endurance that you're giving me, that I made it, that I pushed through it, that I partnered with you and did everything you told me to do. Because so many times we feel like giving up and quitting and fear comes and paralyzes us. But Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is here to give you endurance so you can make it. That's why Paul, when praying for the believers in Colossians 1.11, he used that Greek word, hypomi. And that word means endurance, steadfastness, especially as God enables the believer to remain under or endure the challenges he or God allots in life. So I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you right now to touch you, to strengthen you, to give you that endurance that you need to make it through today, tomorrow, through this entire pandemic, and for the rest of your life.
Because all the Lord asks you to do is to simply endure. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that you spoke to me so much through this message. Because there have been times in my life, Lord, when opposition comes, when difficulties come, you just want to give up. You just want the easy life. But then, Lord, you remind me, Lord, you remind me of the calling that you've placed on my life. Lord, to forge through difficult times, to keep going, to not give up, to cry out for the Holy Spirit, for endurance, for power, just to make it, just to stand. And Lord, I pray for everybody listening this morning or whenever they're listening, that Lord, you would give them power, Holy Spirit power to endure, to endure people, to endure hardship, to endure fear, anything that comes their way. And Lord, I know that you're going to do it because you're a good God and you love your children. And I thank you for that. Bless these words of mine. Let it go deep into our hearts so that, Lord, that we might be people who are known as enduring people, people who don't quit, but keep going. Because, Lord, one day we want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you tune in next week. For more information, go to heritagesc.org.